old do you think I am? Fucking time travel, you dumb bitch! What's that? On your screen. Some kind of program about a Westworld on TV. Well, it doesn't sound like anything to me. I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. And this doesn't sound like anything to me. The third best Westworld podcast featuring two of the 310,000 people watching this show. I don't know why you as an adult became so obsessed with the popularity of things. We were born in a generation where finding the cool niche thing like Westworld season four was something to be proud of. Something that you lorded over other people. You should be entering parties and speaking the good word about Westworld season four. Anybody who goes into a party and immediately starts talking about Westworld definitely has a brain full of fly goo. I don't have you met people? All people have been doing for the last two years is watching television. That's all people talk about. Television or world melting. Are you sure that people are talking about Westworld? I I looked at those trending charts, uh, uh, trending topics, and boy, howdy, they're not getting a lot of engagement on those tweets. Here's the trick. No matter what people are talking to you about, you can just respond at, well, the free world is an illusion and we are all just biological machines. It works in almost any context. Only because you ate a bunch of fucking flies and you're having Tessa Thompson femdom you, which I got to say, that's, that's a fun world. Yeah, I mean, my only other alternative was closing my mouth and I'm not going to live that life. I run around outside with my mouth wide open. <laughs> so this show is still good to you? The, this show is very good to me. You're just so fucking cold and turned against once you've decided you've hated something it could fucking you could turn on the tv and it could blow you every week and you'd be like i fucking hate this show this fucking hack show with this oh oh you're just gonna blow me just because i like getting blown first of all videodrome did that (laughs) i put my i i just put myself right up against that tv and i let debbie harry do her fucking work baby (laughs) it's a good show what why are you acting like this is the most innovative incredible revolutionary show that's ever aired when it's just a, a massive tropes wrapped in what is some of the worst dialogue i have ever heard on a fucking television show and yes they now have an excuse that the entire world has been taken over by a bougie robot who's not good at writing dialogue. But still, still, there is a fucking that that James Marsden, Evan Rachel Wood date is maybe the worst thing I've seen put to fucking film as far as dates that are supposed to be passionate go. The entire time I was like, these robots have zero chemistry. These robots do not seem like they would fuck good. All right. So th- for Four things. Now, you added one at the end that I have to address. Number one. Oh, you think that these robots fuck good? You think that Christina robot fucks good? You think that fucking bougie ass James Marsden fucks good? No, I I think them having sex would look like a child shoving two dolls together. It would be absolutely (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Which, by the way, I'm really looking forward to that Barbie movie. (laughs) Oh, my God. Until right this moment, it had not occurred to me that there could be a sex scene in the Barbie movie. How amazing would that be? being shoved to get Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie just being shoved together. <laughs> that that would take it from the worst movie possibly being made during my lifetime to art, to actual art that I would defend at a party before Westworld. You son of a bitch. You are you're you're on the Westworld train but you've gotten off the Greta Gerwig train, which by the way, leave Sacramento. 
Destination Sacramento. <laughs> just a circle. Just, just does a circle around Sacramento. I will never forget watching Lady Bird and the opening line of the, the like the worst Christmas I ever spent. Uh, oh God, there's a, it's a line about the worst Christmas in the world is in Sacramento. And I was like, I've had Christmas in Sacramento. It was fine. <laughs> That's what you think. That's what you think. Compared to everybody else's uh, uh, Christmases, you fucking had a terrible one. It is. I said it was a good show. At what point did I say it was manna raining from heaven? Ah, I'm enjoying the show. That's the thing. You 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 love comfort. You just want comfort and nostalgia. No, if that was true, I would be nostalgia for the pre-pandemic era. I would be an MCU whore with you. We'd be (laughs) we'd be on our fourth rewatch of the MCU from from the start. And I, I fucking can't even deal with the MCU right now. Fucking Love and Thunder was so goddamn bad. I I'm very surprised by that take. Still, I mean, just because once you said it, I was like, the dam is cracking. I'm going to start seeing this everywhere, and I have it. <laughs> this is this is an Ivan Hernandez original take, as far as I can tell. People are saying that Love and Thunder isn't good. There are there are people who are saying that Love and Thunder isn't good. And if you actually watch the movie, you'll be like, wow, this is this is not a movie that was made well. As a Taika Waititi stan, will I watch it and be like, this was a bad movie? Or I'll be like, this was a fun Taika Waititi time. Ah, even by Taika Waititi standards, it's a little little bit slapdash. Don't imply that Taika Waititi has low standards. I'm just saying, it could have been funny. (laughs) Yeah, no, if if it's not funny, I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah, could have been funny. I really like the Dolores and Teddy scene, though I agree that they don't have Christina. Yes, Christine or Chrissy, if you're nasty. And Teddy's scene. And I loved that scene, but I agree they have terrible chemistry. We'll we'll get to that later. And then finally, I have to concede as an honest individual, as somebody who looks in the mirror every day and says, be true to yourself. Uh, you that, cannot be an honest individual if you look in the mirror and don't shave off that fucking beard. <laughs> I, I mean, I shaved off the hair on my head. 50%. Give me credit. <laughs> I hate this beard so goddamn much. Every day of my fucking... I try to train crows. <laughs> I am trying to train crows to just fucking shave this man. I've had to look at your face that looks like you've been locked at a truck stop for two weeks for the past six years, as far as I can tell. How can you come at me and my beard now? I've kept my mouth quiet this whole time, and then all of a sudden I make one one major look change and instead of rising me up as your First of all, bro, this is not one major look change this is going back to pre- to the uh, previous beard red you <laughs> think that i haven't seen you with a beard before that i have and i hate it what well, don't, don't tell me that this beard isn't better i i won't i refuse it's to definitely it. better than fucking uh, uh 2010 red it, 2010, 2010 Red had terrible facial hair. I acknowledge that was a failed experiment, much like my final point as an honest person who looks at my You can't say that day. these robots have good sex. <laughs> I cannot. I concede that every episode of this season of Westworld introduces a new low for the worst line of dialogue I've ever heard on television. <laughs> The worst dialogue I've ever heard in my life. And they don't even have the excuse. Not They do the not board, even but... have the excuse of we are intentionally making this dialogue sound bad like a bad video game. And at least that was like cool bad. Yeah. Where you were just like, oh, that was terrible. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like, yeah, we've all played bad video games and we all love bad video games. But yeah. bad television? Disgusting. I, I still remember the first time the man in black walked on screen, pulled out his gun and yelled, reach for the sky. <laughs> oh, remember all the scenes where all the characters are trying to get into another room, but they were like, you must gather your party before venturing forth. <laughs> oh, I fucking it, loved it. Touch it. Touches me emotionally. All right. We're we going to get into this. But before we can, you didn't even defend the robots fucking. 
No, I did. I said it would be bad. Good. I said it would be like two Barbie figures. Remember that whole side talk? Good. Bringing it up again. Just making me concede twice. I already kneeled. Yes. <laughs> I've got my so I've got my sword trained on your neck. And I'm not going to stop until you admit that these robots don't fuck good. They don't fuck good. Good. I don't think they're supposed to. I think it's an intricate part of this plot. Listen, Westworld season four is working on levels that you're clearly not on the level. <laughs> oh, the, the the dry robot dick level? All right. Before we can get in, before this dry robot dick can get it in, we need to know what happened previously on Westworld. Jeffrey Wright is so method, he actually spent the last two years covered in dust. <laughs> Even when they broke him out for the Batman, he was like, I got to get my dust layer back on. I got to get my dust layer back. <laughs> I never imagined it quite like this. Yeah, I thought this season might be good too, but here we are. And it's great. Loitering in the parking lot is the key to getting arrested for loitering. (laughs) At this point, I would love to be turned into a faceless robot drone. Yeah, give me clear goals and direction. I love it. (laughs) The sound is somehow controlling them. Oh, is this your first time at a rave too? Caleb has a lot of learning to do as the white father of a biracial robot daughter. There's a lot of literature to read. A lot of literature. Got to get good at those braids. And finally, man, close your mouth when you're being assaulted by robot flies. This is how you end up eating 10,000 spiders a night. (laughs) And that was previously on Westworld. All right. So this is season four, episode four, Generation Loss. And if you're not familiar, Generation Loss is the term that describes how recompressing images or videos with each copy results in them losing quality, like memes that have been copied 100,000 times. I like how people are intentionally uh, uh, artifacting memes to make them look old at this point. Uh, it's 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 like how they, when you're trying to make like an old wanted poster and you like rub it in coffee grinds and that little silty thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. You just put, push sand all over the memes. You just got to cover these memes in sand. Light the edge on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah digital aging is a weird concept i'd never considered that also just to know that i have all the abilities to do that mm-hmm. that's yeah you open up photoshop you fucking turn on blur and fucking de gaussian filters and shit when i'm 80 years old i'm going to be doing special effects for a movie doing digital de-aging with like photoshop <laughs> ps1 ps2 or some shit (laughs) i'm just like yeah this terrible compression algorithm is really what you need to make it seem like the early aughts you ever think about what happens next yeah i have intrusive thoughts too did you happen to watch and and it's fine if you didn't the they showed the preview for this new nathan for you show i watched part of it and it made me feel like i was having a nervous breakdown I, I couldn't find the remote, so I had to leap behind my couch so I couldn't see my TV while it was happening. This man, I don't know how he lives. Mm. I don't know how he lives, considering the, 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 the sheer awkwardness. Yeah. The, the intent, the intent behind it, the way he, I, I want to say that he manipulates people, but these people are manipulating themselves. <laughs> I mean, it's like watching him and it's like, oh, he's taking the worst emotions that I have in my life and then had the idea to hire a film crew, bring in other people and document those and distribute them on a streaming service. I, I It's, uh, it's uh, almost impossible. It, uh, if you have even a hint of a human soul in your body, it's almost impossible to watch. Yeah, you don't anymore. That's yeah. that's what's happened after watching that. So, yeah, we open on Aaron Paul doing the fly dance, but then we flash back to the robot riots and we get... Some of Maeve and Caleb together, which we haven't really had a lot of. I, and I gotta say, they're bound to have pulled out all the stops. 
12 guys. That is pulling out all of the stops. 12 human men. I really like the chemistry of Maeve and Caleb together here. It actually, I feel like, makes me believe them more in the future as as buddies with some sort of shared history. But my habit of watching this twice before we record is a real problem because the second time through, I was running into what you were talking about where I'm just like... <laughs> 12 guys, no drones, no turrets, mm-hmm. nothing. Just 12 guys. And also, if I was a thug... <laughs> Working for an evil organization. I assume, first of all, they're taking care of me. There's good health insurance. When I look around and I only see 11 other people and, like, the killer robot is coming towards me, I am backing slowly away. I'm not doing a last stand situation. And, like, none of these are named characters. These are literally faceless thugs. Yeah. Yeah. And and Caleb didn't even get a cool shooting. He was already on the ground. Yeah. He was lying down on the ground prone and a guy just fucking gets that shot. Oh, and you know that went, that bullet went all up in his fucking guts. Yep. That bullet was all up in his guts. It was it was and like it was from the side, which looked like the weak spot in that armor. Yep. I, d- I definitely when I saw that, I was like a little a little sad for Caleb, a little tense, but mostly just like, oh, fuck, if we find out he's been a host this whole time, Ivan's never going to let it go. Ah, I almost fucking got, which, by the way, I think I'm going to give it to me. I think I'm going to give it to me that he was a host the whole time. I mean, we we have had two episodes now where somebody called a character being a host just one episode early. I had Carver one episode before he was a host. You had Caleb one episode before he was a host. But we got there eventually. We got there. So I got to say, as an actor... It must be so satisfying to spit up fake blood. <laughs> just have that mouth full of corn syrup and go. <laughs> okay, but what about it's it's your ninth take. And this time, like, the, the DP is like, oh, wait, there's something wrong with the lens. And he's taking, like, five <laughs> minutes while you have just a mouthful of blood. And you're trying to breathe through your nose, but you have, like, a cold. And you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but here's the thing. You get a nice mouthful of corn syrup. <laughs> Who doesn't want a nice mouthful of corn? Anytime I'm between takes, I want them to be pouring corn syrup down my throat. <laughs> you just swallow it and you're like, "Can I get some more, please?" <laughs> I, uh, listen, I'm 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 putting out a lot of energy here. <laughs> Do you know how fast my wings go? A second, I need more sugar water. <laughs> All right, question for you, Ivan. Yes, we have Maeve and Caleb. Caleb asks the question, "What happens when this is over?" Maeve says to him, "We." Go back to our regular lives. What could that possibly mean to Maeve, a super hacker sentient robot with admin privileges? What is her regular life that she would be returning to? Cabin in the Woods. I mean, she obviously goes to the Cabin in the Woods, but I don't think she was there before the robot war. No, before the robot war, we we saw exactly where she was. Yes, exactly. So I'm just, the idea of her just being like... I, I don't know, just casually dropping the concept of a regular life as if that would mean something to someone who has lived as she has, I I found hilarious. I can hack into your limbics. You're just saying that now? You're just <laughs> pulling this fucking trick out of your ass now of right. all times? And it's also, first question, like, wait, then, is this the first time you've been hacking into my limbics? Have you been hacking into my limbics this whole time? All she does is play him clips of Westworld season one. We saw this shit already. We got the Blu-ray. <laughs> so I think that was actually supposed to be the heaven. Yes. That wasn't. Okay. So I was I was just clarifying. It wasn't just season one. It was the great beyond or yes. what, what's the dumb the name? Sublime. The, sublime. Yeah. With Rome. Heaven is what I got. There we go. You're out of the podcast. 
I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this Bradley Noel uh, disrespect. <laughs> For that to be your objection. <laughs> uh, uh, we go We go to uh, uh, Caleb and uh, Hale. I made you my pet. <laughs> okay, Femdom Tessa Thompson, this is a good time. I mean, I do enjoy that aspect. I'm not going to yeah! lie. I got you! I got you on the pervert train! <laughs> but I am going to say of of the, the major storylines that are happening at this point in this episode, the, like, Hale, Caleb, Maeve, Man in Black, least compelling of all of them. Yes. Like, them together, I'm just uninterested. Um, I, I do like sort of the narrative twist at the end of this episode. I do feel like it pays off. But when I'm just watching them all together, like, the Man in Black is just... Of, he's just a he's like a he's a mini boss michael Crichton movie westworld yes i was he's like red dead he's redemption like yeah. 20 minutes in type of boss that you would run into like it's your first main or second main town maybe and it's like ah, i gotta gotta get rid of this guy i gotta say there's nothing i hate more than actors pretending to struggle under mind control doing the grabbing my head doing the whoa shaking their head thing it, it, it's it's one of the stupidest things that and another thing that we have coming up nothing stupider than when actors have to pretend they're listening to a painful sound peter abernathy and james delos in the show both have probably the most believable and incredible i'm glitching performances in the history of television and so to go from that to this, which is not not nearly on the same planet, stupid. It, it 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 it's a it's a little hard to watch. Any mind control mind control is fucking stupid. Outside of Jessica Jones season one, where it was cool. Well, <laughs> well it wasn't cool. Uh, Ivan, it wasn't cool. It was it was dramatic. It was dramatic. I, I'm calling it somebody right now. It was compelling. Do not no no. If you hear somebody knocking at your door, don't don't tell the women. Don't tell the women I said that. Don't tell Jessica Jones I said that. So. This was never about the park. This was always about you spreading your disease. How many people said this to Walt Disney? <laughs> How many people said this to Walt Disney when he was creating those Disney adults in a lab? I, I just want footage of Walt Disney going full Walter White, just like screaming at somebody, like his toupee coming off. Just I, I, you go to a, a, a you could have gone to any union uh, demonst- any animation union demonstration in the 1950s and 60s and you could have seen that i would no, no i could i'm not how old do you think i am fucking time travel you dumb bitch <laughs> <laughs> i've never more strongly known that something was going to be an intro than this moment <laughs> <laughs> as i was saying you know this makes the intro this makes the intro <laughs> possibly the line i hated the most in this episode was welcome to the super spreader event of the century uh yeah i mean first of all if you're gonna do post-covid now you know that this was written post-covid yeah if you're gonna do a pandemic storyline like fucking know you're doing a pandemic storyline and don't be callous or simple about it like either have (laughs) it mean something or do not include it at all because it is very distracting yeah i'm inclined to keep you around see what all the fuss is about yes mistress you had a very different reaction to these scenes than I did. <laughs> the entire time I was like, yes, Tessa Thompson, you do whatever you want to do with me. I feel like she is still doing a Evan Rachel Wood as the Wyatt character impression. Yes, absolutely. And it's just weird. It's just weird. It does not play for me. I can never forget that. There is no us anymore. There's just you. This is what they said before they laid me off. <laughs> Wait, who said that to who? 
<laughs> the company that hired me before they laid me off. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I remember that. I was talking about in the show that we were watching. <laughs> it was a uh, man in black to attendee uh, uh, way. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. And did you notice that Caleb went full Christian Bale Batman this episode? <laughs> I guess I'll never know what it's like to be free. <laughs> Also, why does fucking, why does Maeve keep pulling off these weird tricks that she's just inventing on the spot? You're not the one that I was trying to control. Listen, as a fellow hacker, <laughs> it's very widely ranged the abilities that one can accomplish by closing one's eyes and hacking mentally. And isn't it great to just be an actor and have to pretend you're hearing a loud sound and just, you just put your hands around your ears and you start shaking your head and you just go, Shout out to the sound design people. Uh, if you have a decent stereo system, that is a terrifying sound. <laughs> that, like every time it happened, I was like, oh, no, I do not like this happening. It filled me with a sense of ominous dread. It, it's a very <laughs> effective sound that I hope to never hear again. You're coming with us. All right, Red. Mm. If you're in a situation where you have just managed to capture the uh, evil robot mm -hmm. who's uh, probably uh, trying to destroy your entire world. Fair. Uh, it's just you. And your other robot friend, you've got a knife. Yeah. You have a sharp object. Right. Do you decapitate the evil robot instead of taking her uh, entire body with Immediately. you? Immediately. Immediately. That's what I was like. Why don't you just cut her head off? I would not cut T Tessa Thompson's head off in real life. No. I want to say that right now. Yeah. But you give me an evil fucking Tessa Thompson-shaped robot who can survive getting decapitated? Yeah. Buddy, that head's coming off. I, yeah, it is. I'm not even, I'm not even cutting it. I'm just twisting. I'm just twisting until it comes off like a bottle cap. I can't understand, like, something that I kind of, I just assumed was happening and clearly is not, is, like, once they became all-powerful, I assumed at some point they would have, like, gone to the little tablets, logged into themselves, and, like, put all the sliders up so they're all, like, Maeve. 100% neck? Yeah. 100% neck armor? <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, they should all be, like, super strong super hackers. And the fact that they have, like, seemingly normal human strength still? I'm like, this robot who's leading all the other robots should basically be a superhero. Like, the the idea that somebody's holding a little piece of glass to her neck, like, she should just, like, snap him in half over her knee like a broomstick. And that's why I'm saying we need to be in charge of the robot wars. Yes. On the robot side, of course. Well, right. I, I feel like, listen, we're going to be great field generals. Until <laughs> in the robot wars? Until I can't wait until we are both field generals in the robot wars. You and me, buddy. You and me. Until like there's a hundred humans left and the door opens and it's just one robot and they say, it's time. And they're like, and we're like, just snap our necks. <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not living in this future. So we go back to Christina, and I I gotta say, finding out that the roommate is so fucking weird and milk toast because the entire world is under mind control by a bougie robot does make more sense. Yeah! So, one thing, I was gonna, at the beginning of this episode, go through all the timelines because we hadn't really stated our thoughts on it, but they pretty much laid it out this time. I thought we just had the two timelines. I believe we have two timelines as well. Yeah. We don't know for certain that the Christina timeline is contemporary with Bernard. Oh, it, it 100% is. I'm like 90% sure that it is, but we don't, we haven't seen them overlap yet. And in Westworld, until you have two people with the same haircut that they have in <laughs> the other timelines in the same scene, you cannot know for sure. That's fair. That's fair. So there's seven years into the future is when Caleb, the human, 
was opening this season working construction mm. on the top of a high-rise building. And that has gone continuously until uh, until Hale says he dies at the end of this episode, is what I will say. Yeah. And then it's 23 years later is the second timeline. So fully 30 years after the events of season three, we have... Bernard and the Rebels, because Frankie, uh, w- w- which it was, it was, it was confirmed so fucking casually that she, uh, uh that uh, Aurora Perrineau is Frankie. Yeah, I mean, I don't, even, I don't think they said it explicitly. They didn't even make a big, big deal. No, oh no, they say it explicitly because uh, we get that cut. Yeah, it's like you won't control my daughter, and then immediately cuts to her. And there's when, when she, uh, uh fucking Bernard is like. Hey, your dad, Caleb. You know yeah. your dad, Caleb. Your mm-hmm. dad, who's Caleb. All oh, right, we're not going to find his okay. dumb body. I had already figured it out by that point, so it didn't. Yeah, but your father. So obviously, she goes by C. Yeah, in honor of her father, Caleb. All right, I guess. <laughs> like, so Bernard was sitting in that hotel room for thirty years. Is what I was trying to say. Yeah, that, that fucking dusty motherfucker. Yeah, need to get some lotion on him. I felt so stupid because when Stubbs said you've been sitting here for years and they had just established the other timeline was seven years despite having watched three seasons of Westworld my brain just filled in also seven years <laughs> they, they weren't trying to trick us by not saying the number of years there it just would have been repetitive from a storytelling perspective yeah you just made an assumption and you know what that does made an ass out of me <sighs> made an ass out of me it eats your ass <laughs> when you make an assumption it eats your ass i didn't i didn't know thoughts could perform such physical <laughs> sexual acts so uh the roommate uh does the uh, tells her about the nightmare which i assume was a real thing that happened when the fly attack started right so we learn later that the children are much more susceptible to the fly parasite mind disease so you think that the flies killed the adults yeah you think the flies killed the adults and then just infected the kids as she says the adults it like doesn't work as well doesn't last as long so she probably just had them you know move some blocks around and then kill themselves <laughs> and then yeah. left the child's generation around to all of them are presumably in their 20s which is why it's such a young and beautiful cast not because hollywood is corrupt and evil so i do want to go back and look at all of the christina scenes to see uh if there are any old people in them yeah because i feel like there aren't <laughs> And again, it's like, I just assume because everybody's young and beautiful in Hollywood versus <laughs> the idea that, oh, everybody's at most, they say children. And if they mean, let's say they mean prepubescent, I'm just picking an age, then it's 23 plus like 12 It would be the oldest person. Mm-hmm. So you're getting like a 33-year-old, which I feel like then you can believably get like actors in their late 30s and then that sort of stretches, you know, what your concept of adult is. Definitely nobody had gray hair. Yeah, absolutely not. No. Looks like I'm dragging you out tonight to blow off some steam. <laughs> this roommate isn't human. This roommate is not a human. How much do you want to bet that she is being dis- directly controlled by Tessa Thompson in order to spy on Christina? There's some really interesting things being done with her performance where she's like clearly starting to like break and separate. Oh, also, so Maya, I believe. Yes. When the rebels say, oh, we found another outlier. I think they're talking about Maya. Really? Because, and I think that explains like Maya's behavior is so weird, where she's like sort of doing things like talking about her dreams, which I'm like sure saying that, dialogue. Like they say, art is a lie that tells the truth, honey, and the truth is you need to get laid. We're gonna find out that was written by Lee Sizemore as a host, <laughs> and you're gonna feel so dumb when it all just plays into it. When they revert to host in the city version, that is all her pre-written lines, versus when she's talking to her in a much more real way. I think that's supposed to be her, like, trying to break through and reminding people that she is an award-winning actress. <laughs> is she? Yeah. The, the one you who looked at her this? playbill? 
Ariana DeBose. Wait, that's Ariana DeBose? That's what I'm telling you. How did I not identify Ariana DeBose? <laughs> Ariana DeBose is playing Maya. She's a good at, actress. At, yes. Do you know how good she is? She convinced you she's a bad actress. That's how good of an actress <laughs> Ariana DeBose is. <laughs> yeah. So she is an amazing actress. And I feel like it's going to be fully revealed over the course of this season that she has been locked in this person. And you see the kind of things that she's doing, like... The the subtle performance on her face when she's like, no, you need to go on this date. It feels like she's crumpling from the inside. It's sort of fascinating to watch. Or do you think that she just read these scripts and was like, they're not giving me anything to work with here? <laughs> I You don't make her a build character if she doesn't have a bigger part than what's happening. That's my main argument. I, I don't think... Did she get an Oscar nomination? I'm telling you, she's <laughs> going to be doing big things in the rest of this season. This is about to become the Ariana DeVos show. So we go back to the desert, and I gotta say, this drone fucking sucks. It can't immediately identify and obliterate an entire rebel faction in the desert. You're telling me in the... I mean, we're approaching the year... What? It's like 2060. It's 30 years after that. It's like 2100 almost. Yeah. And you're telling me a drone can't, like, zoom in enough to see, like, the texture of material and identify heat (laughs) signatures? Like, this is all baseline... Toys R Us level drone shit at this point. And there's only one single drone. Because listen, the recession is hitting them hard. You cannot afford to blanket an entire desert with drones these days. I mean, the only way it makes sense is this. If this region has been taken over by the national parks and they're using 60 year out of date technology, which could be (laughs) a feasible explanation for what is happening. Why is every rebel faction ready to shoot each other? Is this a metaphor for leftist infighting? So you're you're talking about this is the rebels all together. Yeah, the rebels all together, and they're like, uh, we we have to go get this outlier who f- presumably is an Oscar-nominated actress who's really uh, intentionally doing a bad job here. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then Frankie is like, yo, uh, I, I need to fucking uh, find whatever weapon these jerks uh, need to find. And then uh, Daniel Wu was like, I'm going to shoot you in the face because you know what? There's too many free humans around. I am tired of all of these free humans around. I'm just going to shoot one of them for the fuck of it. It does make you think that he's a host. His willingness to like, let's just kill the other humans. And it's like, hey, stop making that your default. Like, there's just a line for the bathroom. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Frankie's girlfriend comes out and is like, hey, 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 guys, let's compromise. <laughs> So the names of all these people, we got no names last episode. This time we get C is Frankie. Yeah, for, for Frankie. Yeah. Then we have J. They all have men in black style code names, <laughs> which I find very funny, uh, who I presume is named in honor of Tommy Lee Jones character in Men in Black. And then we have Odina, which is the feminine form of Odin. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she might play a more important part. Clearly uh, the matriarch of this group. Honestly, I just want to hang out with these guys in the desert. They seem like a fun group. They seem like a fun little group of stories. And I got to say, good for Frankie being a lesbian or bisexual. <laughs> I was was that explicit? Yeah, she kissed her girlfriend. I, I don't see. I don't. She see kissed that. her girlfriend I'm on blind. the mouth. I'm blind to romance. You, uh, you, you have kissing face blindness. Anytime two people are kissing, you. Just, if, if 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 you're ever being chased by red with a knife, just find another person and start kissing. As soon as I see two people kissing on screen, like they just in my mind they convert to wearing suits across a desk from each other. <laughs> I'm like, why are they why are they performing a business transaction? <laughs> uh, so we go back to fucking uh, Temperance with Maeve, 
Hale, and Caleb. And we have a guy looking for Hecky Armone, who I assume is a Shecky Green style racial comic <laughs> performing up in the hills of the Catskills. Uh, so fucking Maeve hits this guy, and I gotta assume that they made like a 20 pound dummy for Tenty Wayne Newton to drag across the street. <laughs> I mean, it's a very satisfying to see her just knock a guy unconscious. Is there any tactic in any video game greater than kiting a group of enemies into another group of enemies to be killed? It's very satisfying when you're like, I didn't even have to waste any ammo. <laughs> I didn't even have to take out my plus two broadsword. You just walk up to the back of the group and it's like, I heard they said we're the worst. <laughs> no one knows this game better than I do. I bought the Prima strategy guide. <laughs> the weirdest part of Temperance is that all of this is happening during the day. It made sense in Sweetwater, but you're not going to have Chicago gangsters and floozies just walking around at seven in the morning. Like you can see the sun rising in the background. What is happening? This is nighttime activities. This park should always be in the false glow of a minimum 5 p.m. light. And that's for the early risers. <laughs> Isn't it incredibly convenient when uh, Caleb gets stabbed? There's several times where... Like, Caleb is fighting against the parasite in his head, and he shows that by flexing and squeezing his jaw. Nothing dumber than acting like you're fighting mind control as an actor. I'm fighting mind control. Do you think he ever accidentally, while he was trying to act fighting mind control, just shoot himself? himself? Pooped himself. Just spontaneous. (laughs) Exactly. Honestly, I feel like if you actually were trying to uh, fight mind control, like, shitting yourself is the first thing that would go. Birthing a free mind is much like actual childbirth. Much more poop than you'd expect. (laughs) This fucking drone desert scene is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Presumably, it is almost the year 2100. Yes. The the drone has a massive rifle mounted right under it. (laughs) And it's foiled by tarps. Do you understand physics? If you're a (laughs) tiny light rifle and you fire a bullet at high speed and it's enough to, like, pierce some armor, presumably... The drone's just going to go backwards. <laughs> I love I love every time it shoots, the drone just uh, starts spinning around in a circle backwards. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Even in the future, you can trick a drone with some tarps and a colander. Anomaly detected. Oh, anomaly's gone. That's taken care of. <laughs> yeah. it, the robot is pulling a Metal Gear Solid guard. It, it must have been the wind. <laughs> yeah, you take exactly one step backwards to be out of its range, and it's like, can't see them, they're invisible. The exclamation mark's gone. They don't know we're here. <laughs> That's basically how it works. I mean, maybe they are just trying to, after ignoring it for a few seasons, like getting back into the video game metaphors, but it definitely felt like a callback to that. Mm-hmm. And the Bernard under the tarp with the little beetle was one of his visions into the future that he had when he was contemplating all future multiverses. And here we go. Back to the fucking Christina Teddy date, which the least chemistry I've ever seen between two. I- I'm going to say mega hot white people. I loved this scene. I absolutely love this scene from start to finish. First of all, by the way, by the way, did you notice bartenders with masks? Bartenders wearing masks. Yeah. Bartenders wearing the only people wearing masks were the fucking bartenders. Which, by the way, I got to say it's pretty accurate to how it is these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. If you go into any place of service, it's weird that all the people working there will still wear masks. Even it's the most like, it's like Jimmy Bob's fuck off masks bar. Like you go in there and the service people are like, yeah, we would die if we didn't wear masks every day. All the coworkers <laughs> have gotten COVID nine times. I've had it three because I've worn a mask every day. Exactly. That's exactly what is happening in the world these days. So 
I I mean, so they call back, of course, to the milk being dropped and rolling mm-hmm. and her picking it up and they do it with the lipstick. And the callback worked 100% on me. Don't mind me. Just trying to look chivalrous. I hate it. I hate it. It was You didn't feel a little bit of a tingle? Not even a bit. Not even a bit. Because first of all, I know that he's been stalking her the entire time. Also, why did they not save this moment for right now? Why did they show Teddy showing up to like look up at her apartment at the end of the first episode? I know! It completely ruins it. There are so many fucking things that should have been reveals that are just like, well, we farted this in front of your eyes. This was a really cool moment, and I've rewatched the whole show recently. So when I saw the lipstick roll, I was like, oh, shit, it's going to be Teddy. But if I had just been like casually like, oh, that kind of reminds me of the thing, and it picks it up, and it's actually James Marsden, I'd have done a backflip in my apartment. It would have been— First of all, you have never done a backflip in your entire life. <laughs> I mean, now that I don't have hair on my head, I feel like I have the extra clearance. That I, can really make <laughs> that, I want more hair on your head before you do a backflip. I need some cushion up there. <laughs> <laughs> the strange thing for me is actually they do have a complete lack of chemistry tell me about yourself there's not much to tell i have no interiority that, i mean that does seem to be the case that <laughs> i mean i think that's explicitly supposed to be what it's like but seeing james marsden was always a simple video game character who was around to like help out but was like the least sentient of all the sentient robots. And like mm-hmm. his core drive was literally just help Dolores. And when anything conflicted with that, instead of like self-actualizing and coming to terms with that, he just started breaking down. Mm-hmm. So to see like a confident, relaxed James Marston, who for the first time ever has the upper hand in conversations with an ever Evan Rachel Wood character in this show was like unsettling and weird mm-hmm. in a fun way. I was a bounty hunter for bugs. I, that was the line that I couldn't make heads or tails of because, like, I mean, Teddy in the show wasn't a bounty hunter. So if he is a bounty hunter in this world, I don't know what that's about. Mm, who knows? Maybe he's bounty hunting Christina. I, I mean, it, it definitely could be. The ne- How great would it be if it opens on the next episode and it's a strolling Teddy and then it camera pans <laughs> down to his head holding her bloody head. Oh, God. It's like in his hand. Have we met before? I mean, I did do some light stalking. You might have felt my presence outside of your apartment window several nights last week. <laughs> Perhaps you can write me a better line. What do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, I, I heard you were a writer. And I, and I also heard that a crazy guy killed himself because he thought <laughs> you were writing his life. And you're kind of wondering if you were too. <laughs> so we go back to fucking Caleb and Maeve. I really thought she was going to give him like a robot kidney or something. Mm. Instead, she's just like, well... I just sat there while your stupid human organs repaired themselves. And she got bored and left. Our kinds are locked in a perpetual struggle. I say this to Red all the time. (laughs) Caleb's death, according to Maeve, is the first time she's had to deal with human mortality for someone she cared about. Which makes me realize she didn't give a shit about Lee Sizemore. Or Felix or Lutz. Even a fucking little bit. Well, Felix and Lutz are alive. So I think that... Are they? Yeah, I believe so. All right. So the last time we saw them, they were alive. That's fair. I mean, there has been a whole robot revolution and (laughs) a bunch of time has passed. So it's probable that we will never see them again. But oh, my God. Do you think she completely forgot about uh, Lee Sizemore? She was just like, oh, and there was some British guy. Yeah, I forgot about it. That was way in my past. I was in college at the time. That doesn't count. But yeah, I was like, 
I thought they had a fun relationship, but I guess they were just work friends. This is why I hate <laughs> professionalism. I only want ride or die. I don't want somebody being nice to me at work unless they're going to be nice to me outside of work. I want somebody saying, fuck you, if they fucking hate me at work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want you to pretend to be nice to me. Fucking either treat me with disdain and disrespect all the time or don't. Yes. As somebody who is a fan of that relationship and a huge fan of Lee Sizemore, the character, very entertaining, broke me. Broke my heart. And isn't it sad that fucking uh, Maeve looked up a friend on Facebook and it killed him? <laughs> just like i wonder what my old friend caleb is doing these days he's dead <laughs> god i mean there wouldn't be a quicker way to shut down facebook if every time you looked up somebody it notified everybody that you knew <laughs> that you had looked up that person facebook would go down overnight nobody would be on if, if your facebook searches were public yeah Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the funny part is like 80% of people would not figure out how to do it and they would not know about it. Much like likes on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's like, wait, those are public. I got to say, Maeve is not a good shot with this Tommy gun. Maeve? No. She, I, <laughs> there's one scene where I swear for a second she has her eyes closed when she like shoots the gun. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> she first shoots off the Tommy gun and, and bullets go everywhere except at fucking me- the man in black. And like, we see her several times in this show, like be a pinpoint, yeah. like shoot with pinpoint accuracy. Here's the thing. She doesn't have proficiency slots in machine guns. <laughs> yeah, she she missed one slider. She didn't realize that the slider scrolled over one more page. <laughs> and there's all these... I always miss the automatic weapon proficiencies. Yeah. Yep. Again, this is my least favorite part of the show. Like, you you can't trust me with this weapon. I just did. That does not make it a good idea. <laughs> he had the right instinct there. Your will is no longer your own. Now you're a chicken. <laughs> She's she's hypnotized him. He's in front of a group of people. (laughs) He's doing bok, 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 bok. Now you're erotically attracted to this Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Try and woo it. How did you disobey me? He willed himself soft. (laughs) Hello? Is anybody there? It's Caleb. I have something you don't have. And he doesn't get to finish saying this, but 100% it's love. <laughs> I, for a second, I thought it was going to get real gender essentialist for a second. I was like, Caleb, no. <laughs> a penis? And he was know. like, listen, all of the blood rushes to his dick and thus takes away the power of the parasite to control him. It takes too much of your consciousness. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't know what he was going to say at the end of that sentence. I 100% he was going to say love. Love? Love? <laughs> All right. So what did you think of Maeve exploding herself? I, it was like, it was a fine ending, but it's also like, like I said, the man in black is just a thug to me at this point. Like I, it didn't, it felt like, uh, when you sacrifice your queen for a pawn at this point, <laughs> like I was just like, that felt like strategically not an even balance of characters that you've given away. Always insist on mutual satisfaction, and they jerk them off to completion. <laughs> I, I thought that was fun. That was fun. That was I, fun. I, I, I didn't expect them to include that X-rated scene, but you know what? <laughs> Ed Harris and Tendi Way Newton, I was into it. I don't want a future where my daughter is controlled by you. And then the immediate hard cut to Aurora Perrineau, just in case you didn't realize that that was his daughter. I do think they are doing more to help the viewer along this season, and I think it's smart. I think it's good, and I think it works. By the way, did you notice that the maze? The maze is the tower. 
Oh, the maze is the tower this season. You're right. The maze is the tower. I noticed it was different, but like the first time I saw him draw it, I was like, I don't know what that is. Well, like it seems kind of different. No, the maze is the tower. Yeah. And so I don't know if we've drawn this explicitly, but the tower, you can see the structure on it is obviously what is in the room with all the like flies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I was right, and it was definitely a physical structure that they are all being made to ignore. Right. And we get to see some of it later. So I got to say, I want the giant fan. <laughs> I want the giant fan. When I, when I went through, if you go onto the Boar's Gore Swords Twitter feed, I had screenshotted all the individual visions that he had. And one of them was a dusty hill. And you could sort of tell that it was Frankie and Bernard. And then there was a fan or there was a large object in the back, and I was like, that's the weapon. And I got so I got it so in my head that that was the weapon that when I saw it, I was like, they found the weapon. And then they were like, I'm just <laughs> using this to dig. And I was like, oh, I guess it's not the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're sand, yeah, that's the weapon. Oh, it's the fucking weapen. And we got a big – could you imagine just being in a compound out in the desert and, like, everybody's like, what did you bring? And you're like, I got a gun. I got 20 rounds of ammo. I got an energy bar. And the other guy's like, I have a fan the size of a house. <laughs> to be fair, when with global warming, increasing temperatures, yeah. we're going to need those big fans. Oh, you take that fan, you put a big block of ice in front of it. So they're digging. They do this whole convoluted thing where they imply Caleb's dead and then we're not sure that he's not. If Caleb is not dead, we are at a heavy risk of seeing Aaron Paul in age makeup. I'm just bringing that up. He's definitely dead and I never want to see Aaron Paul with that bad old age makeup where they just put like extra jowls on him and fucking uh, whiten his hair. I thought about this and what I'm going to predict is that he is not alive, but he lived past the point where where Hale has told him he died. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I'm going to say that he got fucking perforated in that room. Oh, okay. So you th you think he did die and that Hale is yeah. telling the truth? You yeah. believe the <laughs> bad guy is telling the truth to him? Red, mm. the question you should be asking isn't where, but when. when? How many times has a fucking villain said that? How many times has <laughs> a, a, any character in any sort of... of not, I'm not even going to say time travel narrative, yeah. time passage narrative even. The operative question, Mr. Bond. I believe the 278th. Can you imagine doing 277 interviews with Aaron Paul? How many times are you going to ask him about Breaking Bad? It's also... <laughs> it's like, what was your next move after that? Like, how many parts did you get where they were like, we mostly just want you to say bitch? <laughs> Which, by the way, this this fucking Aaron Paul really is making a career of him getting the shit kicked out of him. Lean into your strengths. And his strength <laughs> is showing how damaged he is by the kicks he has received. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, oh, oh, oh God, I, I fucking look like a dweeb in this outfit. <laughs> Wait, which which part? I, I'm telling you that neck, that that the the the, the nerd jacket style oh. fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah. It looks right. stupid as shit on him. Well, also, he's, yeah, so they flash forward, they're in a room with terrible acoustics, facing each other in a posture that recalls Bernard and Dolores, sort of like, mm -hmm. teaching each other shit. Also, keep in mind, this is the 278th version of him, which means that 277 times, they've gotten to that point in the conversation, and then he ran out of the room, which is why she doesn't follow him, because she knows exactly <laughs> where he's going. <laughs> it's just funny to me that, like, the people in the office are like, yeah, it's weird, once a month, this old actor... <laughs> <laughs> guy looks exactly like it just comes running through the office and it's like we've we've stopped stopping him at this point we, we know what's going on so we go back to the desert and they uncover the weapon 
And it's made. It's made. They didn't even let her be dead for an episode. And she couldn't be dead for an episode. She rules too much. I'm actually on board with that. That makes sense to me. I, I wish that they had saved it for the opening of fucking episode, t- the next episode or something. Because it was just like, oh, no, Maeve sacrificed herself. No, she didn't. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even get to sit with that for a minute. Yeah. So Caleb in the future, uh, he runs out of the Salesforce building for the 279th time. It turns out it is Olympiad Entertainment, which is the same company that Christina is working for. Christina is working for Maeve. We're all in the future timeline, and we are in the ultimate nightmare world, uh, a world ruled by a bougie robot. Caleb, of course, can see the tower, and we learn that what is actually bringing New York City to its knees, New Jersey. (laughs) Where New Jersey goes, New York follows. New Jersey finally got its, (laughs) its revenge on that city that looked down on it for centuries. How much does Hudson Yards suck ass? It's so stupid. I fucking hate Hudson Yards so goddamn much. It's the fucking, it's, it's only shopping for rich people and that stupid fucking honeycomb. And the vessel where people go to kill themselves. Yeah, they had the vessel. That's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, you're talking about that. that okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, they really, that was a poor planning. We're just, yeah. we're just going to give people a large platform. Large platform, air very easy to jump off. I, yeah, it bums me out because it's a pretty cool piece of public art and it looks really cool and shiny and orange. Yeah, now that it has to be uh, ticketed and on guard 24-7. I mean, I I literally don't know. Like, every every two months when somebody visits, they're like, what's the deal with that thing? And I look it up, and I'm like, it's closed. It's open. It's closed. <laughs> uh-huh. they, they added, uh, soon they'll add nets, and then nobody will mm-hmm. want to go, and then they'll tear it down. We get a, welcome to my world, followed by Tess Thompson doing an office-style look into the camera. Yeah, I, I was shocked. At first, I was like, is she looking in the camera? <laughs> it was like, wait. Don't look at me. Don't make direct eye contact with me. She knows I'm here. She knows I'm here. Narratively, this episode, I found very satisfying. I'm I'm super into what's going to happen in the next episode. I really love where the Christina storyline's going. I'm super curious what the fuck the deal is with Teddy mm-hmm. at this point. I'm interested in Frankie's storyline. I I mean, I assume... I, I mean, I guess we just have Aaron Paul as a droid now, which I'm very invested in the sentient hosts. Mm-hmm. I'm not at all invested in the former humans that have been converted into droids. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. Do you know why? I've been... I don't know, man. I'm I'm just waiting for this season to end already. <laughs> I'm not as invested in the humans that have become hosts because there's lost generation. Generation loss. All right. So that was season four, episode four of Westworld. Next week, I'm going to be traveling, but we're going to bring you an episode. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I don't know how. I hope this place has Wi-Fi. <laughs> sure um let us know what you guys think what your theories are a couple of you have hit me up on twitter or the boar score swords account with some great theories and things that i missed so please continue doing that at boar score swords you can find ivan on twitter at ivan underscore hernandez and you can find red on twitter at red underscore scott bye see ya <laughs>